1: So let's bring it back to the questions mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your dreams, Kevin? Mm. Only the ones with nocturnal emissions, Chris. Okay, so you classied up that line. <laughs> yes. I like that. <laughs> because we're a classy podcaster, uh, I think so. we don't say wet dreams. No, no. We say nocturnal emissions. We are
0: very big on the science here on this podcast. We are.
1: <laughs> yeah. The properties. We terms. certainly are. Yes. So take that rod, Mr. Grady. <laughs> trashy, trashy man he is. He's so fucking hot. Oh my so, God. Oh gosh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah,
0: I have some memories about this movie. Just that that particular oh, yeah.
1: scene. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, we finally got here. Well, one of the gayest films we've ever talked about that is... We haven't just made this movie gay like we do some of them like I think this movie might be kind of gay, you guys it's no, pretty... like this is yeah it's it's overt, yeah i I mean, I don't think people are just misinterpreting this. It's like there there is a board game in this guy's bedroom called Probe, okay. <laughs> he dances in the way all of us gays dance when we're by ourselves. <laughs> there's just a lot. He wants to spend time with Grady instead of Lisa. Mm-hmm. There's an
0: S and M club. Yeah. I mean, that's like there's a club. Can you get any gayer He hair?
1: goes there. It's like, is he sleepwalking? Who knows? We don't know. But somehow, sub subconsciously, his mind is saying, "Don't go to the regular club. Go to the gay club right. with all the leather daddies." Right. It's a very it's gay like movie. it's it's all it's it's all there. It is there.
0: The irony is, I don't remember, and maybe this. Just because I was pretty young, but I feel like it was partly just because the internet wasn't really a thing either. But like, I don't remember it mm-hmm. being considered a queer classic until like 2000s, yeah. like 2010s even, you know,
1: that's when people were like, yeah, "It oh, was just, hey, I feel like it was considered like one of like the black sheep of right. the franchise mm-hmm. always, yeah. but it was never, I don't remember these discussions, mm-hmm. I guess, once again, like you said, because we were both young at the time, right. we didn't have these communities to actually discuss these things like, you know, no one was on Twitter b- b- being like, just rewatch nightmare Two. Is it just me or is this kind of gay? Mm-hmm. And then someone else be like, yeah, that one scene with that or that, yeah. like that wasn't there yet. So no. I don't think it was something that was discussed maybe in like the big cities. Maybe mm-hmm. people would talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it just didn't seem like, and and I really didn't get it when I was, when I was a kid, like no. it was the second one I, I saw right after part five, mm-hmm. same night. Yeah. And um, I just remember thinking it was kind of creepy and weird yeah. and interesting, but I didn't think like, "Oh, this is gay." I mean, I was like six, right. seven at the time. But <laughs> yeah, you don't I think mean, about I was stuff as you know as
0: a kid. <laughs> no,
1: no, not at all. No, I was just like that glove that's in his, in his. Um, uh bleh, in his drawer is really creepy because it's moving by itself oh that's right. scary right. michael jackson that's had like a glove just like that really <laughs> thought <laughs> yeah. it didn't have the razors <laughs> not the razors
0: yeah, but i mean apparently the filmmakers didn't see it either <laughs> uh well
1: i call David,
0: bullshit yeah chaskin here i think uh has had some conflicting comments on this we'll get into it but yeah yeah
1: uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely, th- this movie, it is where you can tell New Line really wanted a franchise mm-hmm. because they thought, okay, Fre- Freddy's a big hit, interesting character, Um, but what do we do with him? Like, where yeah. can he go? What adventures can he go on? And I don't think they're really sure of the direction to take it just yet. And of yeah. course, Wes Craven was already busy with other stuff, so he wasn't involved in this, mm-hmm. which shows a lot yeah, yeah. um cuz this story it's like a it's it it it's a mix of the first movie and like a little bit of amityville horror with like this sort of haunted house that this f- family's gotten really cheap and mm-hmm. the the evils that inhabited the house are telling the young son to go do horrible things mm-hmm. so you've got that and then you've also got like elements of the exorcist that's kind of a possession movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it Honestly, it's kind of doing what Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night 2 did a few years later much better. Right. Like, it's combining all of these movies into this weird amalgamation. And see, in that movie, I think it kind of works. Mm -hmm. This movie, it's like, eh, it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. But it never really fully gels. There's all these things. Like, you don't really know the rules. You're like, okay, so Mm -hmm. how is Freddy inhabiting the real world how did he possess Jesse? Like, there's all these questions. The
0: tonal balance you know, is a little weird, too. It, it doesn't quite. I mean, right. it's it's taking things fairly serious, but mm-hmm. I kind of wish it didn't at times. Like, you know, it's one of those movies that I'm like, yeah. like, I think that's why Mary Lou is more effective to, in one of the reasons that it, it's exactly it's goofier, but like more fun as a result. Mm-hmm. And this was like the 80s and the yeah. time for
1: that, you know, yeah. yeah, it's that movie has a much more sort of tongue in cheek kind of inherent mm-hmm. campiness whereas right. this one has the camp it's it's not really intentional I I don't think yeah. you know because scenes like where you know the bird goes nuts they're taking it very seriously mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. it makes no sense why is the bird gone crazy and why does it explode like it's just it's one of these things where like the, the big scare kind of creepy scenes a lot of them don't really have much to do with anything they, right. they they feel so kind of isolated right. and they and they don't really build like the SM
0: club scene feels like it should be in like cruising or something you know it's like i, yeah, I, I don't yeah. hate it because it's gay obviously but it, it's just mm-hmm. very random like you know why right why is who thought like who thought to do this you know i mean i know who thought to do this <laughs> but like
1: why <laughs> i just love that rob robert Shea is the one in the club that mm-hmm. plays the bartender. Right. Hilarious. And he's just like staring at Jesse the whole time. He's mm-hmm. like, come on, girl. Hey. Yeah. You want that beer? Yeah. He apparently
0: yeah. wanted the role of the coach, but they were like, nope, we'll give you the
1: bartender no. instead. <laughs> Mr. Shea, I've got some A questions. Side here. <laughs> he's like, no matter what, I'm going to wear the leather. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> this is my dream. <laughs> some are born to play hamlet i'm born to wear leather <laughs> i love that though you go bob yeah yeah i i get it like i get why
0: <sighs> i think at the time people were kind of just like what is this you know after the first movie mm-hmm. what are we doing here what if we're making this a franchise why have we like gotten rid of some of the rules from the first one and most of pretty much all the cast from the first one and it it, it's just uh some choices were made um but yeah in in recent years i think people have gone back and this had a little bit of a jennifer's body-esque resurgence of sorts of like hey Mm -hmm. that was actually really interesting um maybe not totally effective in every regard but it did some things that were like okay like
1: it was it was taking some swings here and uh um, yeah, I think you have to kind of respect that, you yeah. know, that it's. I don't think it really knew what it was trying to do because no one involved really knew what what it was about the first one that really clicked. I mean, no. and I and I think they even star started the film with like a stunt man playing Freddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, we don't need Robert England; it's just a guy in prosthetics with a glove. Yeah. Who needs him? And then they're like, Robert, please come back. Please, come please. Back. We my need God, you. we need you. <laughs> God. What are we thinking? It's a disaster. <laughs> oh, no. He doesn't walk like you. He doesn't talk like you. Please. <laughs> what do you want? And he's like, I, I'll take a cameo as the bus driver in the first scene without makeup, and I'm good. And they're like, yes. <laughs> Have at it, Robert. It's all he wanted. It's all he needed. But it's like, you you can't really tell if they thought like, oh, maybe the house from the film is like the the star mm-hmm. like maybe True. it'll be like a haunted True. house m- movie and who whoever moves in is cursed by freddie right. it's like but that wasn't really the that wasn't really the point of the first movie it was just the kids that were involved with the the parents who killed him right. you know right and so it's like this guy doesn't really have anything connecting him with that right because it doesn't seem like this family's from here right it, it seems like they move from another town and yeah so it's like there's not really that connection there, so and it's kind of like what what is this again? I I
0: don't know, but you I, personally, Freddie is always the least scary when he is brought into the real world to me, and he spends yeah a yeah. pretty good chunk of that last scene. I, I I don't hate that last scene. I think it's kind of Carrie esque, you know, of like let's like everything goes up in flames and like people are trapped in a small space. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I I I always appreciate him more when he's in the dreams than
1: in the real world. Uh, yeah absolutely because because really you know in the original film there wasn't it it didn't seem like there was much he could do in the real world Mm. which was kind of the point of bringing him out right is he's more vulnerable in our our world yeah in the dream world he can manipulate everything yeah um so it's more interesting to see him that way i will say this though i love the way they do his makeup in this i love the way he's shot Mm -hmm. he's always in the shadows um, it's just very moody and very creepy. I think right. Freddie is at his scariest in this particular film. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, the, which is weird because the, the rest of it's not really that scary, but he himself, there's a, there's a, a sort of a viciousness and kind of a mean spiritedness right. that he has in, in this that's really, really creepy.
0: I love that POV shot of just going through the whole house and when he ends up like in his sister's sister's room like that's a
1: really creepy scene oh yeah great sequence great scene oh it's so spooky no yeah there's some there's some really great um shots in this i think it's got a great mood it's just there's not the story you can tell was probably cooked together probably on a long weekend you know they were like this movie was a big hit we need a sequel immediately we're not gonna wait for wes to be available, let's just do it. Right. And, you know. Right. And they took some risks. Some are very fascinating. Some are like, really? Mm-hmm. That was brave. <laughs> Great choice. Interesting. A choice was made. Why'd you think that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Well, let me dig into some of this here then now.
1: Uh all right.
0: We are, of here, course. Here's your spoon. <laughs> Thank you. Dig on it. <laughs> if you haven't guessed, folks, we are covering The Very Gay, Nightmare on Elm Street, Part Two.
1: Freddy's Revenge. Oh, this was the first one that had that little subtitle uh-huh. at the end. Yeah. I like that. Let's bring those back. Yes. Because what is he avenging here? Just the fact that he was put back into the dream world at the end. I guess so. He revenge. he's not, you
0: know, going after Nancy or anyone who actually matters, but okay. No. <laughs> uh uh-uh. It's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's so angry. He called yeah. down Freddie. Jesus. <laughs> And like these these parents weren't even the ones who did anything to him, you know, the, the, at least the, the ones in the house. I but guess. Not, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, this is directed by Jack Shoulder and written by David Chaskin. Uh, Shoulder is mostly known for cult horror and sci-fi films like Alone in the Dark, which is a good one. That was one of one. your uh, gems back in the day. I remember that. Oh, yeah. it's It's a great one. Yeah highly recommend that one. And uh The Hidden, which is this kind of sci-fi also great yeah, cl- uh, cult one. And then Wishmaster 2. Don't recall that one that too much.
1: That one um you could skip it. You can skip not it. Not <laughs> <great>. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. And uh
0: Jaskin is known for also some little um indie 80s horror movies like I Madman, The Curse. Mm, that's a goodie. And uh, uh for writing the, um, some of the episodes, one or two of the episodes of the
1: Monsters TV series, which that was a fun show. I need to watch that. People have raved about it, and I, I really need to. I've only seen a couple episodes, but I liked it. I need to get on that. <coughs> oh, gosh. oh, oh God! Yeah, I know. I might be a coffin of a storm here, and then it kills you. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> maybe Freddy is possessing <laughs> me. Sorry, <laughs> is Freddy trying to get out? Maybe yeah, Kevin. Maybe. <clears throat> oh no. Oh, no. oh, gosh. Oh I, oh, I I can see him. I, I can see his <laughs> eye in your mouth. Oh, no. He sees you, too. That's a great shot. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great shot. shot yeah. Movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, this cast, of course, we got Mark Patton, Kim Myers, Robert England, for a while, <laughs> Robert Rustler, <laughs> C- Clue Gallagher, and Hope Long. Lang? Long? Lang. Lang, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is she related to yes, Jessica? Hope Lang. Uh, she should be. Uh, I don't know. She's, she's, she's not, but I mean, she's, she's a beauty. She is. And I think I read somewhere where Mark Patton said that she was always like drinking at lunch lunch a lot. And they would just (laughs) like have these long, drunken lunches. (laughs) Be like, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to do the scene where the, the, the bird explodes. Let's have a few drinks before (laughs) before that. (laughs) Like, I'm glad to know they -hmm. were having fun. Mm -hmm. It's good to know.
0: <laughs> so pre-production began in april 1985 uh you got the screenwriter leslie boehm who pitches the producers with his idea of using pregnancy and possession as a plot device no, never been done before
1: right huh. interesting <laughs> never heard of it hmm. they were like let's stick a 10 and that that's I know. more of a part five idea it's yeah, more of a like okay. five <laughs> entries into a
0: franchise we're not quite there yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're not
0: that desperate yeah I guess the studio passed on it because well this is the claim that um, one of the executives um, Sarah Risher was pregnant at the time and the idea upset her that sounds like a really dumb excuse that they
1: just made up, though. I, I don't believe this for a oh, second, but okay. It's interesting because in the Never Sleep Again documentary, she's interviewed. Yeah. And when they talk about the dream child, which is when they finally use that idea, mm-hmm. she talks about how cool it was. Like, yeah. I thought it was so neat that Freddie was trying to get through an unborn baby, and I'd just been pregnant, and I thought, what a fun idea. Yeah. So, I don't those know are her that. words. So, uh, again. Who knows who, what, to, what to believe
0: in these, you know, things. But, uh, yeah, as we said, that plot point came back in part five. Robert Shea offered Wes Craven the chance to direct. Uh, he turned it down since he had, I think he was busy, like you said, but also he had a lot of problems with the script, such as the possessed parakeet, as we said, which seemed ridiculous oh, to him. Oh, right,
1: yeah. And, yeah, he was doing Deadly Friend yes right that was so yeah that was 86 so that would have been around the same time yeah Yeah. and
0: he didn't like that freddie was sort of merging with the character here um or manifesting Mm -hmm. in real life in the pool scene so he had a lot of issues with the script and i guess that was at least part of the reason he didn't come back
1: Um, yeah i think he was still like a little sore about the ending of the first movie too like he felt like bob was like trying to shoehorn in a sequel and he was like eh we never really wanted this to be a mad about that. franchise
0: that was never really the goal yeah, you know but uh, exactly jack shoulder came in to direct like we said he had previously done alone in the dark um in a 2022 uh, sorry in a 2020 interview he explained he had no interest in making horror films which is funny because that's mostly what he is known for
1: today <laughs> it's interesting do? how that seems to be a quote from a lot of horror film right directors yeah. so like i didn't want to do this but eh, it just, kind of ha- just kind of happened. just kind of happened and, uh people seem I to like, like it so i kept doing it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah give the people what they want mm. yeah uh
0: the intro scene was carried over from the previous film uh craven vehemently opposed Freddie appearing in person as the driver and the car in the epilogue as we talked about, uh, the compromise was, therefore, that Freddy would be driving the vehicle for the sequel, but not for any characters from Craven's films. Film, I should say. Cheskin uh, has claimed that Wes Craven made some suggestions to the script. I question pretty much not anything enough. that comes out of Cheskin's mouth, but uh, he has no. said that... Um, His original script focused even more on Jesse, and Craven suggested that there be more focus on Lisa, his girlfriend. Um, who knows if that's true or not, but that's what he claims. Newline originally thought to save money, like you said, by putting an extra, unnamed extra, in the rubber mask to play Freddy. Stupid fucking idea. (laughs) I think they realized pretty quickly that that did not work. Um... I think the idea was that they were going to get – they were going to make him more of an impersonal killer like Jason and Michael were. But, like, yeah. I think they failed to realize that, like, those are still performances. You know, you can't just put some guy in a mask. like exactly. Those Those very intimidating. The, the people –
1: there's a reason the actors yeah. who play them are well-known today because they,
0: they do make something of those roles, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you ask anybody, like, who's your fa- favorite Michael? Who's your favorite G- mm-hmm. Jason? Everyone has an answer. Exactly. Even though they have no lines. Yeah. It's because of the way they carry themselves. I think the only major shot that this guy is in in the movie is the scene where Jesse transforms in the shower. Yes. Before he kills yes. the coach. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell, like, this guy's just kind of, like, lumbering around, like, do-do-do. Yeah. Like, he's not really, he doesn't have the same presence.
0: No. Nope. So, thankfully, they realized the error of their ways for the remaining sequels. Uh, Robert Shea, like I said, wanted to play, no, let's see, he wanted to play the role of Ron Grady's father, but was denied.
1: So, there you go. (gasps) Denied. I know. Oh, my God. You don't look like a father to me. Denied denied who's that was that Susie orman that used to do that like denied yes i believe so all the time God, so you want a new car denied she still does, probably. She still has tv shows she she's still doing it oh yeah <laughs> she's she's still around no. denying people <laughs> cr- credit <laughs> good for her
0: principal photography june 1985 uh Jack Shoulder has said in an interview that he had very little time to prepare, and the movie contained a lot of special special effects, none of which he knew how to do. So, you had Kevin Yeager come in, who handled Freddy's design, and a lot of the transformation... Well, him and uh, Mark uh, Shostrom handled for uh, the transformation effects, which are pretty solid. Uh, very... Uh, oh, they're wonderful. They remind yeah. me a lot of... um. Uh, American Werewolf in London with a transformation yeah, yeah. sequence yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so.
1: Do, 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 do Film score. Christopher Young, who we love. We've talked about him before. Oh, yes. He's a goodie. God. Oh, he's so great. You want a good, a good score, you bring in Mr. Young. Right. He's got you covered. My one complaint is that I
0: wish they had brought back the theme from the original just a few times. It's such an iconic theme that I feel like if you're going to do a franchise,
1: this... be nice. I think feel like this is the only movie in the franchise that doesn't have the yeah, theme I in think so. some form I think because so. if you notice in the other ones even though none of them have been scored by Charles Bernstein besides the first one mm-hmm. they always tend to use little pieces of his music right. from the first movie mm-hmm. so I find that really interesting yeah. that this is the only one where they were like I guess the theme song wasn't important either right
0: yeah it's a it's a a decent little score here. I don't think it's one of his best. It's no Hellraiser.
1: I'll say it's, that, but... It's not as melodic as no. his scores usually are. Like, usually his s- scores have these beautiful themes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like a Bernard Herrmann, Pino D'Anagio t- type, where there's all these beautiful themes, even if they're kind of creepy, you know? Right. Um, but this one's just kind of like, sort- almost like ambient, kind of like right. droning and like weird, like, you know, spooky sounds you know it's not really yeah a very um a very listenable score yeah. in that sense lush. Like you're never like I yeah. I yeah it's 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 not lush mm-hmm. like his other st- stuff tends to be yeah yeah agreed uh
0: it, it plays up the kind of creepiness like it kind of gets under your skin with mm-hmm. just kind of like ugh, like uh, you feel like you're watching yeah. something dirty at, at times but yeah
1: yeah so um. I, I guess it does its job it's yes. just it's you know it's being underscored um with scenes like the bird exploding and yeah. stuff so it's not quite as <laughs> he tries to make it yeah. scary but it's not really what you're seeing with your working. eyes does not necessarily match what you're hearing with your <laughs> yeah, just close your eyes and you'll be <laughs> terrified <laughs>
0: oh gosh so the film finally opens here Uh, on 522 screens across the United States on November 1st, 1985. Uh, First weekend brings in about $3,800,000. I can't read. Um, Eventually goes on to make $30 million against a budget of $3 million. So, you know, Mm. relatively uh, good success even though the critic reviews were not so great
1: at the time. Um, Freddie was building that house for New Line. Yeah, exactly. He was always a cash cow, you know? Yeah. Brick by brick. Unfortunately, I think
0: that's kind of one of the things that studios realized that, like, they didn't necessarily have to make great movies. They could just plop out whatever and people would go see it. And unfortunately, I think that's something that has kind of continued into, like, the Marvel era, too, of like, well, we made one decent movie, so let's make a billion sequels that, you know... Uh, but don't focus on the story, I guess, but
1: exactly. And, and to new lines credit though, I think by the time they got to three, they realized, okay, two didn't work. Right. Um, and it, I think it didn't it technically make more at the box office than the first one. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, technically it's a bigger hit. So a lot of other studios would have been like, well, clearly what we did in part two is what the people want. Right. And they would have just made like dumber and dumber movies. Yeah. But for some reason, they were smart enough to be like, what we need is Wes Craven back. Like, let's yeah. kind of see what he would have done if we had brought him in, if he had ag- agreed to do it. And I think that's why Dream Warriors is considered such a great one is because they actually went back to the source and um, and didn't just kind of try to figure out what the audience wanted and yeah. just sure. keep failing time and time again, you know? Right. So I've got to give them some props for that. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um
0: and it, it might have been a little bit of like the Halloween season of the witch effect too, of like, well, we tried it, mm-hmm. it didn't really work, let's let's uh, go back to the basics here and bring back what right. we from the first one. But uh, I mean d don't get me wrong, I, I we both like that movie, but it just Oh at the absolutely. time people I didn't think know what really to neat. make of it, you know. <clears throat>
1: No, and I think you can kind of see them trying to just... I mean, they're just... They're really trying to figure out what to do with this franchise. It's, right. it's like they know they want Freddy. They know they want nightmares, and they want this house. Yeah. And that's really all they seem to have pulled from the first one. Yeah. There's not really... Um, I mean, I guess there's still kind of the parents that don't believe their kid. and mm-hmm. so, But it's just... There's just... I don't think Jesse is is as compelling a character as Nancy. No. I don't think Lisa is either. And that's the main problem, is that the characters just don't have the same realism and grit and kind of determination.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jesse is... Um,
1: And there's no real rules. Yeah, the rules are... Yeah. Jesse's compelling in the sense that, like
0: if you read it as i'm struggling with his sexuality obviously that's you know pretty relatable as a as a queer person throughout the whole but even that is like it kind of depends how you want to read the movie like you could read it as being really problematic in one regard that like oh his sexuality is causing him to kill people (laughs) or (laughs) you could read it less problematic that it's the repression that is causing him you know to kill people uh but But
1: then at the end (laughs) He's saved by the love of a woman. Exactly, so, a woman's oh. touch. <laughs> That's <But> what. <sighs> then also at the end, they're on the bus and they're like, "Oh, they're gonna have a nice heterosexual life." And then mm. Freddie pops out of the chest, and it's like, "Oh, no, you're not, bitch! Right. You can't repress this." So maybe it's a positive me- message: don't repress it, things. It, it, it's hard to read, you know. Uh, <laughs> it is hard to
0: read, <laughs> and I think uh, many people to have to tried over the years to, to make a you know queer reading of this. Um, I don't think any of them are necessarily right or wrong, but it just kind of, it, it's, yeah. uh, Fright Night is a little bit of the same way. You know, that movie is very gay, but there's some problematic elements of it. Same with The Hitcher, as we talked about, like you could very easily yeah. read that movie as a very gay movie, which we did. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, it just kind of depends how you want to read that. Um, like we said, critics did not really know what to make of this movie either. Um the New York Times liked it, Janet Maslin. Oh. They said uh, clever special effects, a good leading performance, and a villain so chatty he practically makes this a human interest story. Well, just you wait, <laughs> Janet. If you like his chattiness now.
1: <laughs> By part four, you're gonna wish he had a muzzle. But okay. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the, the Hannibal Lecter mask. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Freddie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We're dreaming. Like that. Like, but I got jokes.
0: Love that Will and Grace episode.
1: Shut up, Patty LaPone. Shut up, Freddy Krueger.
0: <laughs> you shut your brassy, magnificent mouth.
1: <laughs> I will not. Try.
0: I've got jokes for you, <laughs> Freddy. Eat a Snickers bar. You know how you get when you're hungry.
1: Oh, I'm so much better. <laughs> I don't wanna kill those <laughs> kids no more. <laughs> <sighs>
0: well,
1: <laughs> that's the end of the franchise. He <laughs> <laughs> just wanted a Snickers. Yeah. God, yeah. I mean I get it. Yeah. I can understand him now. Yeah. He just wanted a Snickers. That's all he wanted. <laughs>
0: Or a Coke. I mean, it was right there. I, the, the, or the, co- the Coke yeah. can is a, a, sort of a character in itself in this movie. I, just, I noticed it like all over the place. But totally.
1: yeah, <clears> totally. <throat> there's there's also major Coke sponsorship in part three at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're mm-hmm. chugging the Coke. Yes, yes. And opening up the um the coffee shit and like sticking a spoon of that in 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 her mouth, mm-hmm. chasing it with the Coke. Yeah, Coke were they 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 were big fans of. Mr. Kruger. Yep. Yeah. Good for them. I'm surprised he never did like a well like, like a Coke ad. <laughs> yeah. You know? Green Coke. Yeah, I mean, like we
0: talked about last week, he got to the point where he was such a pop culture figure, I could totally yeah. see it. Yeah. You know?
1: It's refreshing. <laughs> like the souls of my children. <laughs> They're all like, let me, let me get some, Freddy, let me get some coke, I'm thirsty. And he like pours some on his chest. Like, drink my tube. <laughs> like, thank you, Freddy. Before, yeah.
0: before I go out for soul snatching, I like to have myself a nice Coca-Cola.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's Refreshing. That's a real dream Mm. (laughs) Goofy I feel much
0: better now (laughs) (laughs)
1: Freddy transforms Into like mm, Marlo Thomas (laughs) (laughs) I'm not myself When I'm thirsty Join me at St. Jude's (laughs) for the children.
0: Oh, my. Okay. Back to the plot here. Sort of. Oh, Um, oh boy. Well, what else? What else here? I mean, that's most of the production stuff. I mean, there were other reviews. Who cares? They're they're critics. They have things to say. (laughs) Who gives a shit? Uh, They spoke. Some of us listened. Right. And, of course, there's, like, a whole dissertation here about the uh, homosexual, quote-unquote, subtext. Um, um,
1: Okay, sub. Right, exactly. So. That is a dom text it's a death, right there. a very dom text, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and there's also a whole documentary called Scream, Queen. Exactly. Very good. Go check that it out. That is about it. It's folks. a wonderful documentary. So, I think it's still on Shudder, right? I, I believe so. It was. Mm-hmm. So... Check it out. It's very good. Right. So the things that tend to get pointed out
0: here are the things we've already pointed out. You got the gym teacher yes. at the fetish club. Uh, you got um, the fact that he runs to his male friend's house, and you know, uh, after he attempts to make out with his girlfriend at the party because it freaks him out so much. You know. Um, I, we already went through the list. You know, there's a lot of things here. Uh, there's oh, yeah. also been you know talk that mark Patton played this role you know a little gay which i don't think is totally fair i think he just played it however he played it but uh there's always been some discussion about that also you know it had generally been a final girl up to this point um so now you have a a, a male in that role which is was unusual for the time um still kind of unusual
1: honestly it is yeah i don't think people still really know what to do with that you know
0: yeah uh In the Never Sleep Again documentary, David Chaskin, the writer, um, refers to a 2009 list which calls this the five most unintentionally gay horror movies. Um, Unintentional, ha ha ha. With Freddy's Revenge at number one. And he states that there is nothing logical that can explain the level of homoeroticism in this movie. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Patton himself has claimed that the gay subtext was increasingly emphasized throughout uh, script rewrites and as the production increased. Um, It became undeniable. Um, He says, uh, I'm lying in bed and the candles are dripping and they're bending like phalluses and white wax is dripping all over. It's like I'm at the center of a bukaki video. (laughs) That's his quote. (laughs) Love
1: it. I mean, when you're right, you're right. I mean, that's never thought of that, but okay, right. One more thing to make it even gayer, right? <laughs> totally. Jeez, good old Bukaki. It's like uh, Freddie seems like a fan of bukkake. Yes. He seems like he's into that. Yes,
0: I'm picturing a Madonna in Body of Evidence, right, where she's like pouring the oh, candles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a movie.
1: Oh Jesus! Oh.
0: Classic. Another classic. I remember seeing that on TV as a at a very young age, and just being like, "What? What? what, what oh, same. What is happening? What? What is this?"
1: Being like, "This is uh, odd." Yeah. Julianne Moore, what are you doing here? <laughs> Have some class, girl. He's <laughs> like, "But I've I've got to get a paycheck. I I I need to eat." Poor
0: thing. Fair, fair. What is this? A circus? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, Patton felt betrayed because he knew the filmmakers were aware he was gay but closeted because he had just played a queer character in Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy uh, Dean. The year before. Jimmy Dean,
1: Jimmy Dean, yes. Uh, I always felt like the the second Jimmy Dean was a little uncalled for. A little excessive. I mean, you already called the call this name before. Why do you need to do it again? Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. I, very, I, yes, very interesting film. The yeah. cast is like... Oh my god! Right, unbeatable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw that fairly late in my current life, <laughs> and I liked it same, a lot.
1: Same, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, it was so hard har- hard to find for years because mm-hmm. it was o- only on t- tape. It went out went out of print. I think it just came to Blu-ray like maybe ten years ago for the yeah. f- first time. Yeah. So it was really hard to find. Hmm. But it's it's worth a watch, y'all. Yeah.
0: So Cheskin has pretty much denied for years that there was a gay subtext, as we said. Uh, at one point, he told a reporter that Patton had simply played the part too gay. Uh, the emotional stress of the film led Mark Patton to leave acting shortly afterwards for a career in interior decorating. Uh, but he got his revenge later on, right? Like we said, with this documentary, mm-hmm. that is quite good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's like a whole bit where he like sits down like face to face with David. Jaskin. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this very like Real Housewives reunion kind uh-huh. of moment. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's really fraught right. with tit- mm-hmm. tension. They're mm-hmm. like, who's gonna throw the drink first? <laughs> who's who's gonna mm-hmm. do it? Like it just you just ha- have a feeling that shit's gonna hit hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Jaskin himself worth it just for that. Yeah, it has like you said is at very mixed
0: statements on this over the years in in 2010 he said um homophobia was skyrocketing and i began to think about our core audience adolescent boys and how um all of this stuff might be trickling down into their psyches Um, my thought was that tapping into that angst would give an extra edge to up to the horror okay uh and um
1: interesting
0: did we, I think we already mentioned that there was that one scene that was toned down. Maybe with the the blades were supposed to go into Jesse's mouth um, instead of just caressing no, I don't his think lips.
1: We did. But yeah, no, but okay. that would have been really gay. Yeah, super gay. Deep throating the blades. Come yeah. on, mm-hmm.
0: that's yeah. Hmm. Uh, Robert England himself has said uh, this is obviously intended as a bisexual themed film. It was early eighties. Um pre AIDS paranoia. Eh, I wouldn't say pre AIDS though. There was, AIDS oh, was it was like right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fact, I was looking up some of the stuff. This
1: came out like 1980, maybe, but yeah. this is eighty five at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: think uh Mr. England's timeline is a little off there, but um. Yeah. But uh sorry, my computer has frozen here for a second. Okay.
1: Oh no. Yeah, I know.
0: Freddie's trying to get out.
1: Damn it, Freddy.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else in here let's see Jack Shoulder has said um, he never had any discussions about a gay subtext in the script um, he added that in his view the movie was about repressed sexual angst that every teenager experiences yes because every teenager experiences S&M
1: bars and <laughs> I mean it was a common occurrence yeah, I yeah, school. yeah yeah
0: uh, uh, da, 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 looking back, the, there were a whole bunch of decisions starting with casting Mark. That really, if you look at some of the uh, things as to why it's a gay horror film, uh, some of it is people reading stuff into things, some of it was intentional, and some of it was stuff that people added that fed into that idea. So it sounds like people just kept adding, you know, gay things and were like, it's got to be gay. Why isn't it gay enough? You know, and they didn't say gay, but it it, it reads that way. So,
1: no, that's the gist yeah, of it. they were just. I, I do think maybe it was just like a perfect storm of yeah. like you know, the script with the production team with the right actor cast that just contributed to everything. You know, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there, there was
0: a lot going on with. The AIDS epidemic at this time too. I was kind of going back through because I was curious to see what was going on exactly in '85. And this year in particular, um, you you get the first commercial blood test comes out for HIV. Also, this is the year that the normal heart, uh, Larry Kramer's play, opens off Broadway, um, which is of course is about you know AIDS, the AIDS epidemic in the in in the New York uh, gay community. Um, You get. The first play about AIDS to open on Broadway, because I was off-Broadway, um, called As Is. Uh, this is the, also the first year that Ronald Reagan mentions AIDS publicly for the first time, because he was a douchebag and refused to do that for uh, much of his presidency. Uh, mm-hmm. It was also the year that Ryan White, you know, gets AIDS. Uh, this was the the kid um, where they refused to let him into middle school at the time because he had AIDS. HIV, HIV yeah. and AIDS. And, and this is the year that Rock Hudson dies of AIDS, um, which, of course, ended up being a, a huge thing. So there's a lot going on in the background of this movie with the AIDS, AIDS epidemic as well um, that you could read into it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, again, I don't know how much people read into it at the time, but in hindsight, there, there's a lot that could be read into this, you know, especially if you read horror as yeah. sort of a representation of what's going on in the world. Um which is not always the case but i think
1: sometimes is very much the case you know um yeah i mean it's, it it always takes a good 10 15 20 years to really see what a film's place was in that time and yeah, totally. what it was trying to say and even if the filmmakers don't really know it at yeah, the time i think right. sometimes there's a sub a subconscious thing totally. um that kind of just seeps in there mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Absolutely. So what is going on in this movie? Well, we got Jesse and he's on the bus and, uh, he's going to school, I guess, you know, as one does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, he's kind of a nerd looking dude. Um, and there's these two girls on the bus with him that are just, like, laughing, like, look at him, he's such a weirdo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's rude. Yep. Um, and then the bus just keeps driving. And, like, one of the one of the girls is like, hey, driver, that's my stop. And it just keeps on going. And she's like, but driver, that was my stop. <laughs> and uh, he just keeps driving. And it just gets, like, the all of a sudden it's been, like, a nice kind of sunny day. But now it's just getting darker and cloudier. And he keeps driving out of the suburbs all the way to a desert. I don't know how long they've been driving. Yeah, And um, and then just like parks the car there and they're like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden the, the earth around them just starts to dissolve. And they're on this little cliff and there's like th- lightning that's hitting the bus and it's getting really hot and it's steamy in there. And all of a sudden the driver turns around and it's Freddy. He's got his claws and he's, you know, using them ac- across the... The bus and making that sound with them, and it reminds me a lot it's really
0: close and of beetlejuice like just the the sand dunes and stuff and just the oh, way the sand stuff, shot that, like the worm yeah, yeah yeah a little bit of like jim henson that. dark crystal type vibe too it it, it, it definitely see that yeah like, a distinct moment for the franchise yeah
1: it's 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 a little more fanciful than a lot of mm-hmm. the other nightmares mm-hmm. in the previous movie where they were kind of grounded in sort of some kind of real world sort of feeling where you you were never quite sure like when it transitioned from real world to nightmare yep. a lot of the time whereas this is like okay we've got thunder and lightning <laughs> and red lights everywhere <laughs> and heat uh-huh. and the the earth is splitting yep. it's like okay clearly we're not in the real world mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um so Freddy gets really close and he attacks them and then it turns out it's just a nightmare from this kid named G- Jesse who has woken up in a cold sweat and uh, he goes downstairs and it's like it's clear they just kind of moved in. He, he and his family and he's, um, tidy, he's like, my God, it's so hot on. up there. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's got his tidy whities on mm-hmm. showing what uh, what he's working with mm-hmm. and um, and his family's just moved in there and he's complaining that it's really hot up there so he, he can't sleep. And his dad is like, I told you there's nothing wrong with that air conditioner. I can fix it with some Freon. And you can tell, like, his dad's one of those kinds of guys. It's just like, I'll fix it myself. I don't want to pay somebody mm-hmm. to have to fix it, you know, mm-hmm. um, even if he doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, then there's a knock at the at the door and he opens it and Meryl Streep is there. <laughs> and you're like, Meryl, what are you doing here? <laughs> um but it's 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 not her Uh, um although i did i did i did once fool my friends the the, i think the last time i watched this was in college yeah because i they they watched the first one and they really liked it so they wanted to see part two and i was like if you say so and um (laughs) and when she opened the door i was like look it's meryl streep and they were like oh my god it is (laughs) she's so young here And so for like 30 wow. minutes, they they were convinced that it was Meryl Streep until yeah. I was like, that's not her, y'all. It's not. Um, Such a prankster. And uh, I know. Look at me <laughs> being naughty. And uh, no, it's actually Kim Myers, yeah, who no. just looks an awful lot like Meryl Streep yes. to a disturbing degree. <laughs> and um, and her name is Lisa in this. And she's like the girl next door. And it's like there's like a little flirtation and he drives drives her to school and um, he doesn't use his keys to start the car, and she's like, "Isn't that dangerous? Like, doesn't someone want to steal your car?" And he's like, "What the deadly dinosaur!" <laughs> 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 and they, uh, and they go off to school. Um, where we discover that Jesse is not really made for gym class. Um, they're playing baseball, and he's just like, he's got his head in the clouds, and um, a ball comes and hits him on the on the head i have a feeling this will not be the last time he has balls on his head <laughs> in his life and um and um what's the line it, from it uh gets, gets into a... uh <laughs> clueless that's like uh oh the balls Stoker, at her face my like, plastic surgeon want do doesn't it. want me doing
0: any activity where balls fly at my nose <laughs> she's like well there goes your social life <laughs>
1: exactly exactly yeah. and um and so he has like a little fight with this guy named grady who's like this sort of jock kind of guy yeah. um who's who's very cocky and stuff yeah. and um it ends with them uh having a fight and a J- jesse getting his pants pulled down yes. and just showing off his booty nice ass which is As appreciated mm-hmm. yeah and they even mention it yeah. in the film mm-hmm. lisa's friend because the girls are on the other side of the field doing archery for some reason yeah. did your high school have an archery class uh, you know we did this see i'm very upset i want yeah. my money back mm-hmm. because that's fucked up yeah. i would have liked an archery class yeah a class with archery and that little um uh parachute thing that you would you know raise up right. and go underneath yeah, that the, was fun yeah yeah these are useful skills i mean the When Trump is president again and the world goes to hell, you know, we'll, we'll have the, right. I'm going to need to know how to use like a crossbow. Exactly. I mean, aren't, aren't we all? Yeah. Come on. (laughs) I gotta be a hunter gatherer again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, um, coach is not thrilled with this and coach makes them stay after school and do pushups. And as they're doing that, Grady's telling him all about coach and how he likes to go to S and M bars, queer S and M bars. Mm -hmm. And he likes pretty boys like you. Um, So then they're they've, I guess, showered and gotten dressed and stuff. And Jesse's telling Grady about like where he lives and stuff. And he mentions he's on Elm Street. And he's like, oh, are you in that house where that girl went crazy after her boyfriend was killed? And he's like, what? And it's like, yeah, it's probably why your dad got it for so cheap. And he's like, you're full of shit, Grady. He leaves. It's this urban
0: legend I heard Everyone about, like you know,
1: with, yeah, with the girl it's like, and the, It's the, all the rage. He's yeah. <laughs> like, and and for some reason, like his, her mom was like found shoved through the door, right? But she was like a blow up sex doll, and no one knows why. So conceivably, and
0: the, he Grady was going to school at the same time Nancy was
1: because. This is just, like, a year later. I mean, it's right? been, like, I feel like it's, like, six years Did later, Did they say that? Right? I think they said something about six years okay. later. Okay. So, technically, this is a movie that takes place in the future. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. So, that would be, like, yes.
0: 1989 or 90? 89? Interesting. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Huh. Yeah. All right. Mm. Hmm. I know. <laughs> and uh, so, Jesse is still having dreams. And he's having dreams where, he like, he goes downstairs and hears, and hears a noise and... And like he sees this guy like prowling in the bushes. So he goes outside to investigate and he sees this same guy downstairs in the basement through the window and he's reaching into the furnace and grabbing this glove. It's like, what's going on? So he goes back in the house and I kind
0: of like how he plays that scene um, where he just kind of sees him and it's just like, huh. And then just kind of walks. Yeah. It's very dream logic, you know. Like, okay, that's happening. It, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like because if that really happened, you'd be like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be around. You, for you, this. You'd freak the fuck out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skedaddle in my deadly dinosaur and mm-hmm. get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, J- Jesse likes to watch, sure. and he goes to the basement and he's he sort of peeks in there and he's like, uh, oh, hello, and he sees this shadow coming up the stairs. He's like, uh oh, hey dad, dad. And um and all of a sudden like he can't close the door. It's like someone on the other side's gripping the door and like won't let him close it. But he runs away and runs right into Freddie and he's like, "Daddy can't help you now.
0: <laughs>
1: I need you, Jesse." And then he's he needs him because he's got the body, <laughs> but freddy has got the brains. And he opens up his brain and Je- Jesse screams and wakes up again and sweat. His God. parents come in. They're like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "Just a dream. It's just hot in here. So, Fix the AC, Dad, please." It sounds like a like a Cyrano de Bergerac type thing. Like,
0: you've got the body, I've got the brain. We can work together and get the girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a rom a rom exactly. a rom exactly. He has the body. He's got the brain. Okay. Will they get the girl get together? The girl? We'll see. I mean, huh? That would be a interesting little twist on the on the tale.
0: Of yeah, Mr. That, that, that could have been a. A, a route they took with this like if he's gonna possess jesse like maybe just have jesse like act like you know an asshole at times or you know one of those type of movies where like you know yeah. he's he hasn't totally possessed him yet but jesse is like acting out and doing all the bad guy things you know
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i mean he seems like a pretty good kid and and there's moments in this where his dad is like okay Pretty soon after this, um, well, there's a scene where Jesse goes to sleep in class and he wakes up with a snake around him, yeah. which somehow got out of a case. I don't know why they have a snake in a, Who knows? a high, high school, but, you know, this is in, it's it's a movie. So yeah. whatever. Um, and then I think like around that same time is when he goes back home and the family is just sort of chilling out in the living room. And their pet birds start going crazy because it's like 98 degrees in the house and they can't figure out why. And one of the birds kills another one and then escapes and starts like pecking at everybody and yep. then just explodes. <laughs> and immediately the dad is like, Jesse, why did you do this? <laughs> like, like what would Jesse have done? He's like, dude, I know what it is. It's a goddamn cherry bomb. Oh, gosh. Wh- how? How would he fit a a bomb up this bird's butt, and like this doesn't like the the dad just jumps to these con- conclusions, and I'm not sure why. Like, why does he hate his kids so much? Yeah. To assume that he somehow has been fucking with the thermostat to the point where the birds are exploding. Like, I don't know. It 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 seems like a big leap. You know, maybe it's a case of the dad
0: was a troubled kid. So now he's going to take it on his kids and think like, well, don't make
1: the same mistakes I did. And blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, it's it's really hard to tell. Um, And then, uh, yeah, it's at some point Lisa comes over and tries to help Jesse unpack. Um, I think that's one reason why his dad is pissed off at him, because he hasn't unpacked everything yet. I'm like, Dad, chill out. He's got school, okay? And he's oh. being possessed by a child murderer. Exactly. So, he hasn't unpacked you know. a lot of things, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of unpacking he needs to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not just physically, yeah. but mentally, uh-huh. emotionally. There's a lot going on here. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, And Lisa comes by and catches him in the middle of his version of unpacking, mm-hmm. which is just wearing some slick shades and using his butt to close um drawers all night Um, long long (laughs) hold me it's a good song it is nice um and uh and yeah so she walks in and he's like i'm so embarrassed and she's put up sweaters and she sees this uh diary that has been left behind by someone named nancy thompson ever heard of her and they start to read i mean i'm very familiar with her work (laughs) she is a real fighter she's fucking amazing angel Mm -hmm. i love her so much and um and so they start to read it and at first it's all like oh i watch glenn get undressed across the street i love his slim body but then the next one's like tina's dead and you're like oh my god what (laughs) what what happened it's like jesus they're all dying it's a guy named freddie he's got claws (laughs) And and Jesse's like, oh shit, what the fuck? That's that's like the guy I saw in the basement with the claws. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, this is crazy. And so um, then like he just this is a weird movie because I never remember what happens from scene to scene because like mm-hmm. nothing's really connected. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. then I I'm pretty sure he goes to the S and M bar. yes. Yeah, like I think he wakes somehow up. Somehow and- he
0: ends up at the club. <laughs> yeah. The the bar
1: here. Yep. Yeah because um he hears a noise and gets out of bed and i guess he wanted to make some toast or something but this this (laughs) this piece of lightning falls like through his kitchen window and electrocutes the toaster so he's like well i guess i was gonna have toast but i guess i'll go to an S M (laughs) bar instead that makes more sense so it's like pouring down rain and he's he's in his pajamas Mm -hmm. and has not thought to close his shirt at at all you know so um he walks in there and meets Bob Shea and um he gets him a beer and then all of a sudden as he's about to drink, a hand comes in and is like, No, you're not gonna do that, and it's mm-hmm. the coach and he has to go run some laps in the gym. Yeah. As the coach just like chills out and gets attacked by um tennis balls. <laughs> I balls flying in the face, so yeah. Balls, lots lots of balls. <laughs> Lots of flying balls. Yeah. Um, and then like he's tied up with a jump rope by this unseen force, this supernatural force that drags him into the showers where Jesse is and ties him up and then strips him completely naked and slaps him on the ass a few times with some towels. Mm -hmm. Like Freddie's having some fun with this one. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, this guy is probably into this. We're going to have some fun for a second. Right. And, um, and then Jesse kind of just transforms through fog into Freddy and slices the coach in the back. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, blood comes comes out of the uh, showers. Yeah. It's a dream. So I, I <laughs> dream logic again. Yeah. It looks cool. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, then the next day, Jesse gets to school and the, the police are there and it's like, well, what happened? And they're like, oh, the coach died. Mm hmm. And someone killed him and he was in the shower. He's like, oh my God, was it a dream? It, it, is it a premonition? And Lisa's been like trying to find out like what these dr- dreams are. And she thinks it could be like a premonition. Like he might be a psychic or something. Yeah. And um, also he was found completely naked wandering the streets after the coach died. And his parents are like, okay, there's something wrong with you. We need to figure out what it is. Of course, his dad's like, is it drugs? Right. Where are you getting it from? Get him son? to a clinic. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're not like the most supportive. Yeah. Um and his dad's like, What he needs is a good kick in the butt. That's what he needs. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that might be what he wants. I don't know. He might be kinda into uh, that, Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. That's why he went to the <laughs> S and S- S- M club. Like he's like looking for daddy to spank me. Yep. Now, you just, there. now you
0: just got a grinder and you, you'd you write that on there, but
1: back in yeah. the day you had to go. Oh my and, god, it be you know... so much easier. <laughs> Kids these days have no idea <laughs> The stress having to walk in the rain with your shirt open yep. to an S M bar. And then A lot of work.
0: find someone who's looking for the same thing you are. Yeah. Which is And how do
1: you know that? That's yeah. why they had the hanky code because yeah. like that would tell you what you were into. Exactly. Yeah. But no, now you can just type it. Yep. You can just type it. Yep. You know, they couldn't make a movie like this today. It would never get made. No, I don't think so. uh... But, um, yeah, so Lisa's throwing a party, which it seems like a bad idea to throw a party at this time with everyone kind of a little on edge with the murders and all. Um, And she also wants to get to the bottom of Jesse's problem. So she finds out that Freddy Krueger used to work in this boiler room. So she drives him there and Mm -hmm. they just sort of that's a masquerade power. around there for a bit power plant or something right? yeah it's like yeah. a power plant and there's like a scare that doesn't work with a rat in the locker right and she's like oh it's a rat oh mm-hmm. and he's like i'll hold you lisa yeah it's like why is this even need to be here um but yeah so then um there's the party and um uh I don't think Grady is allowed to go because he apparently pushed his grandmother down a flight of stairs. I don't that, they That's, never addressed that, that again. I'm the like excuse. is he joking or is yeah. that actually what he did yeah, because yeah. I, was, I don't know if I support that choice.
0: Like, they, there's not really a build up to them becoming friends. It's like they just they're no. just friends. Like it's like how did this happen? Like I don't <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like they kind of bond over, I guess, being tormented by the coach. Mm -hmm. I guess they're like both troublemakers in the gym class. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, it never really, like, all of a sudden, Grady, like, they're they're at lunch and he's like, "You need someone to talk to? Mm -hmm. Like, are you okay? We can hang out and like watch movies." Like, he's just like very like, all of a sudden, like, super friendly. Yeah, Yeah. it it doesn't seem like these two would really gel like no. I, it's an I- interesting idea to have like these two sort of opposite characters becoming friends but i don't think the movie really it doesn't really make that, that friendship make sense yeah, yeah it's like it's yeah. sort of like why are they friends exactly yeah um but yeah he's not allowed to go um and then there's like and jesse kind of like pushes him him away and he gets mad and he like leaves he's like fine i'll just leave and um it's the night of the party and I think, like, the night before, Jesse had a dream where he put, put on the glove and then, like, went into his sister's room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was, like, he was, like, scared he was going to kill her or something. Yep. And so he's not really feeling up to partying that much. And plus, like, Lisa's dad is in charge of the music. And he's p- <laughs> playing, like, big band. Yeah, <laughs> music yeah. And all these kids are just like, Arr! And so the mom, like, takes him to bed. And once the lights go out, they switch the music. And it's like, you know, modern 80s pop and stuff. And uh, then it's a wild pool party with teenagers frolicking and having fun. And Jesse is in the cabana being a little emo. And Lisa goes in there and she's like, I wish you would talk to me. And somehow it gets into um, a makeout session, which does not end well because all of a sudden his tongue um turns into like a demon tongue and he's like oh no i gotta go and lisa's like why won't you talk to me oh and she just is blaming herself it's like he's yeah. he's gay lisa just move on it kind you of, know? The,
0: the beginning of saved where uh, she's like i'm, oh, I'm yeah. gonna have sex with you and it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna cure your issue
1: yeah it's like i think that's what she's attempting to do here, yeah. but it's a poor poor thing she mm-hmm. just can't She can't understand that he's just not that into her. Um, And so he runs away and shacks up with Grady. I guess he like climbed up his window or something as like, they I don't do they do how he got in the house as they all yeah, do and the, on this elm street people are just w- w- climbing into windows left <laughs> and right an lock hammock. your doors and yeah, really. w- windows <laughs> people good god now like i really don't blame marge for putting those bars on the doors and w- windows it makes yeah. sense these kids just you know and then the dad doesn't know again in this one space like he puts yeah, the, put the, the up bars back that, yeah. you know yeah and um And so he's all like, Grady, help me. Like, I had this moment with Lisa and I think I'm losing my mind. And, you know, there's this guy in my dreams and I'm scared to go to sleep. Can you just watch me? So if I do anything, you know, like if I transform or something while I'm asleep, just let me know. And he's like, "Okay, so you left this girl to come sleep with me. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's 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 explore that. (laughs) Um, Or am I losing my mind? (laughs) The sun comes up. I put on my glove. <laughs> I think of Grady. Oh. <laughs> and wouldn't you? I mean, really. Oh, God, he's so hot. Dreamy. Yeah. yeah, Dreamy. Yeah. And if if this were a film written and directed by anyone else, this scene would turn out very differently. They yeah. would end up in a, a, a lovely embrace <laughs> and um, have a night of passionate lovemaking. Okay. But oh, no, oh, no. Freddie won't let that happen. Yeah. Because this is his body now, mm-hmm. his body, his choice. And he's like, <laughs> he like <laughs> um all of a sudden, um, as Jesse is sleeping, he like he wakes up, he's like, Grady, it's happening. Uh! And Grady wakes up and he turns on the light and like Jesse is in pain. Like it looks like he's about to pass a kidney stone. And he's like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, these knives come out of his fucking fingernails. And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. Uh, Dad, uh, I need your help. So he's like banging on the door as Jesse is transforming into Freddy. Like, Freddy is actually popping out of his chest. It's really. Yeah, it's like a a cross
0: between American Werewolf in London and Alien here with giving birth. Yeah. You know.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's probably the coolest scene in the movie. It's really, really neat. And um and then like f- Freddy uses his his hand to slice him out of his chest and he just goes through him like a rag doll mm-hmm. and comes up mm-hmm. and then um uh Grady's f- father and mom come to the door and they're like Go open the door and he's like I can't and then Freddie com- comes by and pins him to the door and stabs him through the door and kills him yeah and then Freddie looks in the mirror and um it's Jesse again. Somehow Jesse got his body back mm-hmm. and he's like seeing himself dr- 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 drenched in blood, but the reflection is Freddie laughing. And so he takes the glove and he throws it and breaks the mirror. Yeah. And then of course he runs back to Lisa as if she hasn't been through enough. And um, he transforms again. Once he gets there and turns into fret for Freddie. Yeah. And she can't help. I mean, he's all like, I killed Grady. I've lost my mind. And it's too late. And so they have a big fight. And he bites her on the leg at some point. And mm-hmm. then, like, she's she's got a butcher knife. And she's going to kill him. And all of a sudden, he starts talking like Jesse. And he's all like, Kill me, Lisa. Kill me. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's stabbing him. But, like, it's like this, like, little weak stab. Yeah. It's like, It's not doing much. It's not really doing anything. And then... As this is go going on, the the pool party outside is getting a little hot oh. because the water <laughs> is boiling, yep. and everyone's like, "Oh my god, check check the temperature yeah, on this f- pool!" Far too long to get out of that pool. <laughs> I, I, I it was probably pretty comfy for a second for a while. there. Like, oh it's like a hot tub. Yeah. I didn't know it was a heated pool yeah, with jets. and then it starts to boil them. Yeah. And like they're like, Oh, we better get out and then like the the beer cans start exploding mm-hmm. and there's like fire everywhere and then Freddie like leaves Lisa and like crashes through the window and then just disappears in, in 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 into the air and everyone's like, What the fuck was that? That was weird. Yeah. Um, I guess we're good now. And then for Freddie just pops out from under the ground mm-hmm. and starts like slicing everybody and mm-hmm. throwing people into the pool. And, and, you know, everyone's like trying to get out and he's like setting people on fire. Yeah. And then he's all like, you're all my children now. <laughs> and then he just kind of disappears into a wall. And yeah, like, you're like, what's, what's going on?
0: Yeah. I think they, they could have uh, extended that sequence a little more than they ultimately did it's kind of random he just kind of walks off at one point
1: yeah he's just like i'm out yeah y'all were fun but i've got you know i've got priorities carrie did this better anyway so i'm just gonna walk out (laughs) well let's be honest (laughs) carrie does everything better yeah i mean um and lisa's like i think i know where he went to he went to his boiler room so she gets in the car and drives there and encounters these two dogs with like human faces <laughs> so what <random>. is that <laughs> so random is she asleep <laughs> I like wh- I, I hope she wasn't sleeping and driving like what <laughs> it's this is the point where i where i'm like okay so not only is freddie in the real world but all his little tricks are too like his little manipulations he can like i it doesn't make any sense right but it's a cool image but it's like what is this yeah the
0: whole whole premise Um, of freddie was that like he was powerful in the
1: dreams and he could manipulate things in the
0: dreams but not so much in real life so it's
1: yeah the rules are it's just it's not as special you know if he can do it everywhere it's like christmas it's fun on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. But would you want Christmas every single day? Absolutely yeah. not. No. It would get old. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. He needs to save the special stuff for the dreams. Yeah. And so she's like wandering around this boiler room and she thinks that at some point the, the bite that he gets gave her earlier, has, like, these bugs on it, and she's like, oh, no! And then Freddy pops out, and they have a little fight, but she's like, no! I know you're in there, Jesse! And he's like, no, he's not! He's dead! And she's like, no, I love you! And he's all of a sudden like, I feel weak! And then he just, like, collapses, and all of a sudden things just start exploding for no reason. There's fire everywhere, and, like, somehow... Freddie starts on fire and then it looks like he's just this pile of ashes Mm -hmm. and Lisa's all like oh no he's dead and then all of a sudden Jesse comes out through this pile of soot and is all like oh it's me I'm back (laughs) and they embrace and she's like oh my heterosexual power has cured your gayness (laughs) yay let's go join the Mormon church I, I don't know what they're in game is and um like the next day or i don't know maybe it's been a few days we don't know. i hope it's been a few the, days the timeline is debatable <laughs> 45 minutes later <laughs> exactly. um they're going to school and um and uh he's got like a little like, cast on on his arm and that's about it mm. and he he looks great he looks yeah. like he has re- recovered from this pretty right. well hmm. Ma- mom and dad seem pretty ha- happy that he's no longer placing cherry bombs into the pet birds' yeah. <laughs> an- anuses, and um, and so he goes off with Lisa on the school bus and her friend, and they're chatting, and all of a sudden the bus starts going like really fast. He's like, "Uh oh, it's just like that dream I had. Uh oh, uh oh," and then it just turns out it's nothing. He's like, "Okay, I just need to be calm." And Lisa's f- f- friend is like, "It's okay, it's all over." And then Freddie's glove just comes right out of her stomach, and everyone's like, <laughs> "Ah!" As the bus drives through the desert again, yeah. The end? Question mark. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever happened to them? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested in like a Lisa Jesse reboot.
0: Uh, mark Patton, I think, wrote some follow-up, like Jesse's journal or Did something. He? Yeah. Oh, but that's uh, cool.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting i don't know know. yeah i mean if they're gonna reboot the franchise at some point which we know they will sooner or later bring him back
0: yeah why not you
1: know
0: very gay movie that's all i have to say you know it's gay gay. it's pretty gay
1: it's gay yeah
0: the fact that he he kills a lot of people in this movie but the only ones that get elaborate death sequences are men is unique yeah. from the other movies you know very
1: much so it's, Yeah.
0: Uh, um but yeah it, it depends how you want to read the the problem quote-unquote problematic aspects of you know is she saving him at the end from this queerness and is it the queerness that's causing him to lash out and kill all these people or is it the fact that he's so fucking repressed and uh is more often the cause of people acting out truthfully um absolutely
1: no. I mean, that, that, that little coda at the end, though, makes me think like, you know, he thinks he thinks this lifestyle is going to work f- for him. He thinks he, he can keep his inner Freddy at bay mm-hmm. with Lisa, but yeah. not so much. It's going to come back. Not so much. Uh... So it's really a story I'm going to choose to believe about repression and how if you repress yourself, it will come back even worse. It will come back every time. Yeah. It'll get you.
0: What do they say in the craft? It comes back times three.
1: Yes. Mana! <laughs> These are my guffs. <laughs> I invoke thee, Freddy! <laughs> I'm flying. <laughs> I'm flying.
0: Oh, gosh. Nancy and Freddy. That'd be a, <laughs> oh, a
1: nice team up. Oh, the other Nancy and Freddy, <laughs> yeah. huh? yeah. Why not? You don't even exist to me. (laughs) Okay, bitch. (laughs) 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 Oh, you're sorry. You're sorry. You're sorry. Like I am sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Nancy. You are not my child anymore.
0: (laughs) Is this Freddy's dead now?
1: (laughs) Uh, Why the fuck not? not? Let's only reboot Freddy's Dead, but Nancy <laughs> Nancy is the, the, from the daughter. The Craft is the daughter. Because <laughs> you know, you know, there's all those memes of like her and Frankenfurter from Rocky yeah, Horror, yeah. like they're clearly like um, parent and child. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Nancy could be Freddy's kid. Yeah, why not? It could, it could work for me. <laughs> the other child. <laughs> Child of yeah. Freddy Krueger. The other sister. <sighs> Good movie, actually.
0: I, I rewatched that the other day.
1: Anyway, the, uh, the other sister. <laughs> yep, yep,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. Oh, Pro- oh wow. Maybe prop my opinion. I've been meaning but I'm to. Throw it out there.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's definitely one I've wanted to revisit for a while. It's been a, a 25 years. Yeah, I think a lot of people I don't know.
0: Attack it because obviously for obvious reasons, but uh, it was yeah. at least yeah. trying to not be like you know portrayed. You know what? Next topic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to talk about this movie. Yeah. I know. Next topic. <laughs> so sl- sl- sleep camp. Sleepaway camp. What yeah. do we feel yeah. about that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Another totally unproblematic movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but I I do think when you're dealing with gay themes and horror, there are there are, there is a certain s- sect of people who don't care for it, you know, because they're like, what are you trying to say? That like queerness is essentially a scary thing that we should be scared of our queerness and that we're gonna be, you know, killers and stuff. It's like not all of us, no, no, but you know it's uh like, you never know
0: it's kind of like you, you can't control whether or not you're queer you can only control how you react to that you know how you yeah you know uh, express that mm-hmm. and uh when you try
1: to repress it like we've said then it comes out in some really ugly ways and uh... yeah like you get angry and bitter yeah. and you're not a very nice person no. you know it's like that's not fun to do like i re I, listen i was an asshole for like the moment i realized i i i was gay i repressed it so fucking hard mm. that for about a decade i was a miserable little piece of shit mm. like i was always angry and like la- lashing out for no reason because yeah. i was like hiding this part of myself you mm. know And to do that, it just makes you a horrible, sad person. Yeah, totally. So don't do that. Don't do it. It's horrible. And, like, I was out-ish in
0: high school. Like, I didn't go around advertising it because I went to a fairly conservative high school. But I still had to present myself in a way that was you know, straight acting for the most part, because right. I, I, Yeah. I, I, again, because I didn't want everyone to know about this, even though if somebody asked me directly, I'd probably tell them my, my told my friends and stuff, yeah. but, and that, I think that's the other aspect of it. It's like, it, it's exhausting to be something that you are not just to try to fit in, oh, you know? And I, I know it's not just queer people who experience this, but it's still, it's something that particularly affects queer people, you know? Absolutely. And, um, so yeah, there, there's just a lot of bad things that can come from either repressing or changing yourself to fit into a mold that um, to be accepted and, uh, and eventually
1: Absolutely, you just realize like yeah.
0: how boring a lot of those people are that you were trying to be like anyway, you know, and oh, how completely their lives just yeah, end up like... these
1: boring suburban
0: <laughs> messes, you know, like, like these, these parents.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you give it 10, 15 years yeah. and you start to see like, I was trying to fit in with those guys
0: (laughs) with with with
1: with her. Oh, my God. Their lives are so sad now. Like and you realize these are the people that kind of peaked when they were like 18. And you're like, Jesus. Yeah. Why did I even put in that much effort to hide who who I was? You know, it's like just it. It's just a lot of wasted time. And that's why I like to see that this new generation like it's crazy. There are some kids out there. Now they're like 10 11 that are yeah. like completely out it seems like they're not getting too much hate yeah. you know that they have a support system of some sort i think that's wonderful i think that's so great and i hope it keeps getting better and more kids feel comfortable yeah doing that so they don't you know have a Freddy's revenge kind of a moment yeah now if we could just get them to stop canceling any movie made before like 2015 that'd be great <laughs> That would be nice. Yeah. Yes, that would be pleasant <laughs> for that to not be a thing. That, that, I think that's always the
0: most fascinating dichotomy to me of that generation of like, wow, you guys are like the most liberal and the most tolerant and everything, and yet you're also the ones like right. canceling everything fucking left and right for even like not fitting into these very specific things in your mind that have to, you know, these you know rules. But
1: yeah, it's like this it's like the, there there is a kind of anti art kind of thing. Yeah, that's going on that i don't really i don't care for that i find i find that very weirdly puritanical i don't really get it yes it's it's an odd mix there but yeah it's a little school marmy i don't care for that yeah
0: um but this was fun to revisit been a hot second. yeah it's always a
1: good time yeah yeah i can't remember the last time i actually saw this all the way through i mean it's it's been a a while because you know with like with some of these movies, you know, like there's documentaries that I've seen about them more recently than the films themselves, like probably like never sleep again and scream queen and stuff. Yeah. So it feels like I've seen them recently, right, but I don't right. think I've actually sat down to watch the whole thing. Right. In exactly. a while.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pop culture like that sometimes where like you get it secondhand so much that it it starts to feel mm-hmm. like you're you've seen it more recently than you have and it, it, when you actually Absolutely. sit down and watch it, it's like oh okay i have opinions of my own on this not just what i've heard other people <laughs> yes.
1: uh, this is a different experience yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah my thoughts have changed on this one throughout throughout the years right. you know like i i like that feeling of being like this felt like a different experience than the last time yeah i watched it you mm-hmm. know i love when a film can do that. Yep. And sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Right. Like there's movies I've rewatched that I loved 15 years ago and I rewatch them and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so boring." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did I waste my time with this, you know? Right. But Totally. You never know until you try to give it a rewatch. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> On that note, do you have an overlooked gem for today?
1: Boy, do I. <laughs> oh, Okay, I've been sleeping on this one for a while, y'all, and I don't know why because it's really great. Freeway Two: Confessions of a Trick Baby, ah, the sequel to the acclaimed. It is yes, shockingly good. I was very impressed. <laughs> it is about as insane, if if maybe not even more so yeah. than the f- first one. Mm-hmm. You have Natasha Natasha Leon. Leon. Yeah. Mm-hmm as the lead. Mm -hmm. So sort of in the, the Reese Witherspoon type role of this young girl who is going through a lot. She's, you know, in juvie and she was, uh, um, she was like a foster kid and stuff. And she's just a troublemaker. She is very bulimic. Um, and, uh, she decides to escape from this juvie with this girl who killed her entire family, who is a lesbian who clearly like wants to get into her pants, um, <laughs> who hears like voices a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not the most like stable person in the world, but then again, neither of them are. So they kind of go on the road together as kind of like a Thelma and Louise type thing mm-hmm. and get into a lot of um, misadventures, ultimately winding up in Mexico, where her friend believes that there is this character who is going to cure her from all of her weird like voices in her head and stuff mm-hmm. and give them some safety. But it turns out that this person is a, a cannibal pedophile murderer who is played by Vincent Gallo. And, uh, it is so fucking crazy. Like this movie has more crazy per minute than most movies. It's still got that weird, like darkly comic tone. Mm-hmm. Um so it does fit in really well with the first one. It's just it's I was very impressed by this movie. I was so glad I finally watched it. Nice. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen like
0: bits and pieces of this when I was younger on TV or somewhere, mm-hmm. but I have not sat down and watched it. So I think you've given me the inspiration to actually do so now. It is worth it. <clears throat> yeah. It's really really good. Yeah. Uh, it's from 99, that great year. All those movies yeah. are turning 25 this year. Hello, dear. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> My old bones. God. Oh, man. Oh, that's just, that's, I don't, I don't like that. I don't have to do with that. That's weird. That's, I don't, yeah. What, what do we do with this information? God. And I'm like, Jesus someone that doesn't seem possible someone posted a meme about like you know if if marty mcfly were
0: alive today he'd be going back to like the mid-90s and i'm like i'm not ready for that oh
1: my god oh i do not do not need to have that discussion yeah oh no that's just that's that's too much Yeah. it's too much to handle i don't know yeah
0: sometimes i'm like oh yeah that wasn't that long ago and then i think about like oh right we didn't have internet we didn't have like i mean there's a lot of things we didn't really have back in that time cell phones were barely a thing you know it's 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 a whole
1: different world. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it. I I think that's like the weird part about our generation is that we were kind of like the last. Yeah. Generation to experience the world without that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's weird to remember a time when that wasn't a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like where it's, it's just very strange. Like, like the first half of our childhood, was completely different from like you know from like age one to ten was one type of world but then like 10 to 20 or whatever was just a totally different and then 20 to 30 is almost completely different it's like this it's very strange yeah they're very odd the world was
0: more disconnected which in some ways was good in some ways it was bad you know it was just it was just a very different time like you said yeah if, if you wanted to uh, get a hold of your friend you'd have to call their house and then their parents would pick up and then you'd have to talk to them the, oh, the so mom awkward. first and then they'd give me the, oh. you know just it, very different experience God. now you just like text them
1: you know and the pa- like the parents were always so judgmental too like what do you want oh, yeah. like oh i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry gladys <laughs> i I didn't know that i was interrupting I interrupt your knitting like- <laughs> yeah like cross stitch Kevin's doing his homework You can call back later I'm like I don't have a later I need to know What are the vocabulary words For the quiz tomorrow What are they This is very important Don't hang up Gladys Don't hang up
0: Yeah Yeah and then when we got into our Uh pre-teen era that was when people were just starting starting to get on like aol and you know doing the the, yeah. the, the message boards and for all the tv shows and mm-hmm. the you know everything so it, it yeah it really was kind of whiplash there whereas you know gen z is like absolutely the internet has always been part of their lives you know it's just kind of yeah what it
1: is yeah <laughs> wild it's so it's so strange yeah. just uh to- see how the world change changes but then again i wonder how we're gonna feel you know 40 50 years from now if we're still here you know knock on wood um just how like it's gonna have everything's gonna have changed even more you know ai is gonna take over and the 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 world's gonna be on fire we just don't know what it's gonna bring yeah so it's something to look forward to (laughs) and on that note yeah we and uh but if you want to follow
0: us into uh, the abyss you can do so <laughs> yes <laughs> we are on, if we're going you can tag along come right along uh hop on board that bus and uh, we are on facebook twitter hohh podcast we are on instagram homos and haunted hill all one word um not on threads yet not on tiktok but uh you can find us in those other places for now If you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, you may. Thank you to those who have, as always. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope you have enjoyed this broadcast from Almost in Haunted Hill. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our big bag of bullshit. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks for
0: giving us like four years to cover this formative queer classic here. (laughs)
1: Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah, it's been a. Now we were discussing this once. I think it was yeah last summer or something. Pride Month. We were like yeah. we might do it. Yeah. And then we we're like no. Well, for a
0: while it was like everybody and their brother was covering it, and I was like I don't want to talk about it. Everybody yeah. else is talking about it. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, it's like you gotta kind of watch out for that because like sometimes like it seems like certain podcasts like they, they go in phases, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everyone's talking about one particular movie. Yeah. And you're like oh we kind of want to talk about that too, but why would we do that yeah. when everyone else is yeah. right now? You know like yeah gotta give it some space
0: right that's all to say if if yeah, want to hear more about this movie you know our all of our friends have pretty much covered this one as well so go check out their podcasts you know oh yeah yeah uh, or like where is everybody in their gaylord and their the mom, dark yeah. Or gaylord yeah gaylord and uh yeah everybody <laughs> scream queens pretty, pretty much yeah. yeah
1: yeah like i think everyone's discussed at it yeah. at some point yeah Yeah, that's kind of weird. Oh, Freddy's uh, coming out. Oh, no. Freddy, be gone. Be gone, Freddy. The power of Coach compels you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And next week. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. No, no.
1: We. Kevin dies. Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Of consumption. Is this a dream? Am I I in a dream? Uh,
0: (laughs) But no, we are finally getting to
1: (laughs) Dream Warriors. Don't want to dream no more. Probably one of the greatest horror theme songs. So good. Can't wait. Oh, totally. No, it's like, it's one of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it still is. I haven't seen it all the way through in a long time. Yeah. So I'm like, That'll be fun. Like, what if I watch it again and I'm like, eh? <laughs>
0: I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> Those dreams weren't really worrying <laughs> could enough be, for me. Could be I don't dreamier, know. really. <laughs> what a piece of trash. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, do you ever, ever, ever get scared you're going to, like, rewatch something that you really love and you're going to be like, eh, that was not what I wanted it to be? Sure. It doesn't have the magic anymore. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. It's so sad. What was the one that happened that happened to me recently with, um, uh, I
0: can't remember, but it, there was some movie that I hadn't seen in many years and I watched it and I was kind of disappointed and wish I hadn't watched it because I would have rather no. had that, that memory of, you know, just being very yeah. good. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's so sad yeah. like I never want that to happen yeah. but it's happened enough times where I'm like oh no what which one's gonna be next yeah is it gonna be Mrs. Doubtfire I don't think I could handle it if I no longer got joy from that yeah yeah you know it's yeah. really depressing but
0: uh we'll let you know so you'll uh tune in yeah. next week and uh mm-hmm. and uh you know keep trucking through this shitty January and
1: uh yeah hit the showers dirt bags <laughs> <laughs> okay goodbye bye <laughs>